connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. podcast unofficially the official podcast at denver comic-con 2017 and beyond i am ryan with me always is james and brad and good news guys denver comic-con has announced their schedule for 2017 yeah it is june 30th through july 2nd it's a little later a little later but remember what uh we were told is that convention centers booked so far in advance oh yeah is that um they can't really cherry pick their weekends yet yeah um but that's all right still good uh, weekend just before the holidays, so people have the time off. So I'm sure people will uh, be able to get out there and support them. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see if the attendance continues to grow next year. Yeah, um, and yeah, I was just going to mention as a side note, 114,900 people attended this year's Denver Comic Con. That's insane. That's so, so many people. That is a lot of people. So congratulations to Denver Comic Con. Yeah, with their continued hard work. Yeah, we like to see movies. All over town, but the place we go see them is the Alamo Draft House in Littleton. Here is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House this week. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Malton. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Chris Thurman's boss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Maybe. Sorry, I thought I had the right <laughs> email up, and I do not. Oh, I was gonna say after that, after that clunky transition, I figured you were gonna just rock it. I know that's embarrassing. I don't even have it. <laughs> really? Do we have not get the uh, August one? I don't know. I don't think we have. Actually. No, actually, I can't say anything about you've, it. So you have one job. I know. So <laughs> I got uh, the calendar. For so Alamo what Draft I can House. tell you is that Alamo has announced that the Colorado Anime Film Festival will be at the Alamo Draft House. It will be September 9th oh. through the 11th. Uh, it's the first kind in Colorado. Tickets are seven dollars. Are on sale now. And you can check the website for their first wave of screenings. Um, I can I can tell you I, that on the 18th in August they're showing Southland Tales with uh, with Richard Kelly, and on the 17th uh, or on the 19th, one of the two, uh, they're showing Donnie Darko with Richard Kelly. Um, I have tickets to Southland Tales uh, because Steve convinced me I need to rewatch <laughs> what I genuinely argue is the worst movie I've ever seen. I, I like Steve a lot, and I think he's very knowledgeable in movies, but I don't trust his taste in movies. Hold on, hold on. Steve had not seen that movie before. Um, he, it was like, I think he's seen it now, but he and I have not had a chance to talk. So, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that Steve liked Southland Tales. Genuinely one of the worst movies I have ever watched. It is so, in, and it's not even like, I mean, it's Richard Kelly's fault. I think there's some really cool ideas in that movie, but, uh, it's a mess. You okay. are trapped in a chair with a gun to your head. Do you watch Southland Tales or Creature? Uh, oh, I totally watch Creature. A um, couple <laughs> of reasons. One, Creature is shorter. Um, because the original, like... Tactical, I like it. Yeah, the original, right. Uh, the original cut of Southland Tales, I think, like, it can, was a little under three hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Creature, as terrible as it is, has some funny parts. Um, it it has some, some grotesque nudity. By grotesque, I mean, like, just poorly shot and, like, uneventful. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I, you know, it's it, the creatures. Creatures watchable um, by comparison. Uh, whereas, like, Southland Tales is so pretentious that it's it's really difficult to sit through. Uh, I don't know why I bought tickets. <laughs> well. You'll find out. But um, you should come with me you to know see what, Southland Tales. You know what I have? I have an app where I can bring up what's playing. Uh, the craft oh, dinner on Tuesday is Spaceballs. And that starts oh, cool. at 7.30. Uh, the kids camp this week is The Dark Crystal. Is that a kids movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. Y- yeah. Yes. Yes, technically. Um, uh, the Civic Center film series is Pee-wee's Big Adventure, my favorite Tim Burton film. And that's on Wednesday. Suicide Squad opens on Thursday. And Brad will be there. I'll be there. Um, Fantastique is legend. Um, maybe one of Tom Cruise's least successful films. And Ridley Scott's, for that matter. Yep. Shot very well. Yeah, oh, beautiful. If you want to look at flowers, that's your movie. Um, yeah, pretty much the rest of their schedule. Oh, Afternoon Tea is Cold Mountain on Sunday. Oh. And Die Another Day is Maximum Bondage. And Wonder Woman, the animated, series, uh, the animated movie, is playing uh, on Sunday as well. I always think of, of, of afternoon tea, tea as being like a, like a, you know, somewhat Britishy kind of a, a, a series, but I guess I guess it's more romance because Cold Cold Mountain is not a is not a British. It is movie. not. Yeah. Because isn't Nicole Kidman in that? So an Australian. Uh, or Nicole yeah. Kidman, New Zealandy, New Zeal, a New Zealander. Yeah. No it, 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 it's it's uh, it's uh, it's Luke. It's Luke. Luke, not Perry. It's uh, Edwards. No. I don't know. That the other dude. Anyway, it's that the other dude's like British. I think. Uh, the guy from the guy from uh, from uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes, the 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 secondary guy from Sherlock Holmes, Jude the, Law. Uh, yes, right. Not so a Luke. Luke. Right. This guy. He, we do a movie podcast. Doesn't know anyone who's in a movie. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jude Jude Law. It's a Jude Law movie. He's, <laughs> I think he's British. So speaking of which, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw Jason Bourne. Yep. Stay tuned to the end of the show. We'll review it. Except Brad, he didn't have a chance to see it. He's been what? busy. Really? Yep. Oh. Are you just protesting it because you hate that title so much? No, I mean, if I had the extra income and the time, right, I no, might have checked I, it out, but... Yeah. Um, nope, I was marketing all week, so... Oh, okay, cool. But I turned to Brad to find out what's going on around town. Brad, what's going on around town? <laughs> I will tell you what movies I am going to check out this week. Um, Hopefully something on Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday at the Esquire is the 1989 Batman. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. One of your least favorite movies of all time, of course. <laughs> Not least. <laughs> it's just I, I have issues with it. I don't think it's that bad. Um, In Batman it, canon, it's not that good. Uh, I'd say if there was only one Batman movie to exist to show people what Batman is, that would be it. More so than The Dark Knight. I think The Dark yeah. Knight captures Batman's spirit better. Totally. I don't think it captures the comics as well. I, I would disagree that the 89 Batman doesn't capture the comics at all. Yeah, it's like... It's it captures like, the 80s comics really well. Uh, I don't remember the Joker ever pulling out a gun like 10 feet long in the comics, but you know what? I digress. I don't know. Especially in 80s books like The Dark Knight Returns, which... Well, that kind of stuff's like, like in the 50s and 60s books. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really more like a... So it's, 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 it's a like slapsticky... A, it's a collage of all different eras Shit. of Batman. Yeah, I, I do like when the Joker shows up in the museum and is painting everything to prints. Really? Because that's genuinely one of my least favorite moments. <laughs> I'm in that just movie. kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do like when he says, "You never hit a guy with glasses, would you?" And then he gets punched. 
Yeah. That that and he spits out the fake teeth. Yeah. Chatterbox teeth. My least favorite moment is actually when like Batman drops down in the alley and puts his hand up like Darth Vader and catches bullets somehow. I I, I hate that moment. I hate it. Catches bullets. Yeah. He, yeah, he like with a spatula. No, no, he like puts up his hand and like deflects them. But it's like this Darth Vader esque thing. It's just stupid. The, no. Anyways, what else is happening, Brad? If you go to the drive-in, they're still playing Ghostbusters, Star Trek Beyond, in the Shallows. I might cool. Maybe I'll ask my wife if she wants to do that. That's a kind of cool lineup. I'm yeah. gonna go maybe Tuesday. You could take the kid hmm. to that, and he yeah. would he would you know not pay attention during the things that are not worth paying attention to. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention last week. I'll I'll talk about this week about how cool my kid is. Okay. A new segment. How cool is Ryan's kid this How week? Co- Hell yeah! What what inappropriate film did Ryan show the kid this week? <laughs> They're not inappropriate. I don't sh- I don't show those anymore because he knows what's going on now. Right? Yeah, he's starting to get smart, so he's like, ah. Oh, I mean, and when I figured it out, I was playing uh, Until Dawn, and that monster, that dude with the chainsaw, shows up, and he uh-huh. was scared. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I can't watch horror films around him anymore. <laughs> uh. This isn't really a film thing, but at the Bug Theater on Friday, they're doing a thing called Under the Bug Top, which is like a circus carnival, and it's to help raise funds for the, the for the theater. So if you want to come to a little mini carnival, you can do cool. that. I think it's like five bucks. Um, and then uh, next Tuesday, yeah, next Tuesday, or t- the 11th, is uh, the next open screen night at the C Film Center. It'll be at 7 o'clock, five bucks. And then uh, this Sunday, the 7th, is the 48-hour film project screenings. Yes, and uh, I don't know if people have seen them. Have you sold out of your shirts yet? Uh, we only ordered uh, ones for people who wanted to wear them to the premiere. Mm-hmm. So we'll make a, another run eventually. But uh, Your posters are sweet. They have a, like a cool like 80s video feel to them. Like, yeah. You know, like a videotape? <laughs> yeah, especially that red one. Yeah, <laughs> like, it reminds me of like the old TriStar ones. That the Ghostbusters had, you know? Yeah. Yeah, obviously you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, if you're like 34 years old, <laughs> yeah. you understand what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So can't wait to see it, Brad. Yeah, I can't wait to show it. Hopefully, if my wife isn't working, I will be there. Cool. Maybe I'll just actually, I'll bring my kid, you know, so he can watch your film. And, oh, good. Yeah. I'm sure you'll really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, make sure he's as, as distracting as possible. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah, just sit up front and let him run up on stage as much as he needs to. I will. To. Yeah. I'll let him bring his cars and stuff. Especially when Brad's up there. <laughs> yeah. Kellen, go get Brad. So make sure you go out there and support Brad. Yeah. And you, you'll have a limited edition amount of those posters to get, right? Yeah, I made 30 of them. 10 are the red one, 20 are the, the pink one, and uh, uh, I think 15 of those are for cast and crew, so the rest are up for grabs cool. for fans. So I didn't lie when I posted that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll be signing them at the after party, I think at Three Lions Pub, they're doing it. Oh, cool. Down the street. So. Dope. Yeah. Wait, it's Sunday? What time does it start? Uh, our block is 8 p.m., but it starts at 11. Ooh, I might be able to go then. Please do. Because even if my wife works, I think she's off at 8, so. It says 9 bucks, but, like, after the $4 service fee. But if you sneak it through a side door, you don't have to pay anything. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck supporting Denver. Film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There actually aren't a lot of side doors at the Sea Film Center, so good luck. It's kind of one main door. Cool. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. You were actually going to say something about the price or something like that. Yeah, the, it says 9 bucks for one block, but... uh. After the $4 service fee online, it's like 13 so. That's oh, more. okay. Yeah, FYI. Sure. So yeah, they, you're they not got surprised. It. But they got to pay for the space and stuff. That's fine. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So let's uh, unspool some movie news, James. Sure. It's real news. Only 
one thing happened this week. No, that's, that's not entirely true. Uh, there's like there's a few things, but Wait, there's. I want you to start thinking of headlines. The Rocketeer blasts off with a new new vision or something. Holy shit! So genuinely, if you'd asked me what chances I th- I had, I thought this could ever happen, I would have told you completely zero. I I, I think that I, I eventually thought that someone at Disney would wake up and they'd be like, "Hey, we have this franchise. Uh, we should reboot this, and that'll be cool." Um, but what we're hearing this week is not that they're necessarily... Re- it's a reboot, but it's like a sequely reboot. Um, so they're not necessarily recasting Cliff Secord. They may, because they may need somebody who's in the right age group or whatever. Um, but it's not necessarily going to be a movie about Cliff Secord. Uh, this is like the best of all possible you know, outcomes, other than them making a movie, a sequel in 95, right? Um, because for me, as somebody who... who genuinely loves Joe Johnson's The Rocketeer. I know. Um, and, and who thinks it's, it's really one of the best cast comic book movies I've ever seen. I forget where I put it on my comic book movie list. Way but, too low. But you're basically like, fuck you, Ryan. You I, know, yeah. you know was, what you're talking about. It was one of the ones where I was like, dude, you, this movie is so solid and good. Mm. Um, it's, it's got a couple of things, you know, just because it's a, a, an early 90s and, and cheaper end Disney movie. Um, like some of the effects and stuff like that don't hold up. I, I think um, it's fun. Yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. Say that. Right. But if you if you look at how great Alan Arkin is in that movie, speci- just just look at him. Like that movie is fantastic. Um, uh, fantastic. It's good. Yeah. No, it's really good. I, I mean, um, I watched it like two months ago, so I have it's pretty fresh in my memory. Yeah. No, and I, I and I watch it, you know, once or twice a year. So, <laughs> um, like seriously, because uh, I love that movie. Yeah. Um, it's good. And uh, Billy Campbell is good. Uh, Jennifer Connelly, like young Jennifer Connelly, is amazing. Uh, like you, I, I can't even think of anybody else today who you could cast as as Betty or, or Jenny in the in the in the movie. Um, so for them, basically, what they're saying is they're gonna make a sort of sequel where a couple of years have passed and the Rocketeer has gone missing while he was fighting Nazis, and this um, I, reportedly young black woman sort of finds like stumbles upon it and becomes the New York Rocketeer. Uh, so it leaves room for them to like have cameos for with the with some of the old characters, whether it's the same actors or not, doesn't really matter. Um, but m- it means that they can go make like a cool badass adventure movie, uh, which I I think that comic book can do. Yeah. And reading it, it's just cool because I you know sometimes you miss fun. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So I, I hope it's fun. Well, and I, you know, I've I've talked before about how. It, Especially when the whole "Hey, let's make another independent Indiana Jones thing" comes up, uh, I'm always like, "Dude, just, just go make like fun adventure movies, right?" Like, in, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones is an homage to a whole genre of movies that no one's really making, uh, and The Rocketeer falls into that into that camp. Um, the the one problem with it is that too often, I think they're they they end up being way too expensive. Um, but you can make a movie like The Rocketeer relatively cheap. I think so too. Um, Especially if you try to shoot, you know, as much of the the flying practically as you can, and so it's not like a whole bunch of CG, and you just plot the movie out in a way where you you keep it as reined in as you as you need to, because uh, the original Rocketeer is not a bombastic, crazy like world trekking story, uh, and it doesn't need to be right. Like it's it's it should be a story about Nazis secretly trying to invade America or so, just something silly and fun like that. And then you just write a whole bunch of good little scenes with these characters and their funny little adventure. Um, I agree. Hopefully and if they you, fight dinosaurs. 
I, uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, here's the thing. I don't they adapt cargo of doom. Uh, I don't think that dinosaurs in the Rocketeer is the worst thing ever. It's just the way Cargo of Doom did it that I was just so <laughs> furious with. Um, yeah, man. D- damn it, Mark Verminder. Like, wh- why? Um, or no, Mark Wade. That was Mark Wade. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, of course, excited and I want to see what they do. I, I never thought this would have happened. I thought they would have rebooted the whole thing and, you know, and I, w- I would have been happy with that too. Uh, but this is like a... a semi dream come true we'll see who actually makes the movie um but uh yeah i i I think it's cool um especially in this age of of comic book movies it seems like you should be able to 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 do this well and they've got all of the like all the marvel people there on their team like so theoretically they will have somebody who knows how to write a good story do the script like that would be awesome um yeah so anyway um, Next up, they're going to reboot The Shadow. I, I'd, I'd be okay. Let, You're mad about The Shadow where it was, too. The Shadow's not that good. Jim. The Shadow's not that good. Um, oh, did you listen to the How This Get Made? I did. Yeah. I did listen to the How This Get Made about The Shadow. I'm like, i got to watch The Shadow. <laughs> I, I can lend you the Blu-ray because I own it. See, um, Sam Raimi was supposed to do The Shadow. Yeah. I can see him doing that. And they're like, no, we don't like you. So then he went and made Darkman, and Darkman's way better. Uh, yeah, Darkman's better, for sure. Because um, the... it has a line where... Uh, Liam Neeson's like, just take the fucking elephant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think that the shadow, like, there were there were things that they were talking about on the shadow where I'm like, well, I mean, come on. like their their inability to follow that plot is to me kind of staggering. Um, but whatever. Uh, I guess I, I'm one of the few people who would have clapped in the audience when they asked, like, hey, who understands what happens in this movie? I'm like, I, I, I get it. Like, is the villain really a knife? No, well, no, the well. <laughs> No, the villain is Shiwan Khan, the last descendant of Genghis Khan. He has a magical knife that it's like a telepathically controlled knife um, that he flies around. And yeah, I mean, that that totally happens. Um, And yes, they did run out of money. And at the end, there is a whole action scene that's like in a crazy Hall of of Mirrors, like psychedelic sequence. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some weird moments. Um, the, th- the also their inability to understand how he makes a building disappear and why also flabbergasts me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that's a shitty Paul's movie. Problem. <laughs> what? I think that's only Paul's problem. Ye- well, yes, yes, he it. was. Yeah, he had a really hard time with it. It's so. not a good movie. It's not a great movie. It's yeah. a fun movie. So it goes excellent, great, good. Then below fair. that's not so good, and then that's where I f- then put fair. the shadow. Yeah, no, it's in, in. Okay, all right, fine. If we're if we're looking at it in comic book terms, <laughs> yes, there's a few pages with some ink and, and like the yeah, spine is torn apart pages a little bit. and missing panels. No, no, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. Not garbage. Um, anyway, uh, a court ruled this week that the movie Lockout is a total ripoff of Escape from New York, uh, which made me remember that I own Lockout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should watch that movie again, but it's totally true. Like even when I saw it, I was like, "Oh shit, yeah!" Like this I is. I think a you lo- said that on the podcast. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> it's Escape from New York in space. Um, so maybe they listened to Realner's and uh, John Carpenter's. Like, hey, <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, fortunately, he will never be able to sue that anyone else's movie is Ghosts of Mars. Um, <laughs> the uh, that was Jason Statham's worst movie, by the way, and uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Avengers: Infinity War is going to be called 
Avengers Infinity War. Moving on. I know. They're like, <laughs> it's a new title. I'm like, they just got rid of the part one. I know. Yeah, it's just like, the news is that Avengers Infinity War Part 2 will be called something else. Which, I expected them to say, like, to do it like Infinity Gauntlet and then Infinity War or something like that. Um, just so that people understood. Yeah, I they, mean, reading the interview with the directors, they, they just said it's a different movie. Yeah. So maybe it's going to be, like, Secret Invasion or something. Or f- Fallout. Well, it's got to be, it's got to still be a Thanos movie, right? Like, Thanos will still take two movies, right? I don't know. Interesting. Uh, don't know. Maybe not. All right. Um, well, I mean, I guess the first one is him in space, and then the second one's him on Earth. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's I what know. I was, that's what I was expecting. Sure. So, um, in uh, other cool, I think, awesome news, uh, Joe Carnahan has fallen into the Uncharted movie role writer guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Joe Carnahan a lot. Uh, I think wrote he's the gray. Yeah, he's a he's a really good writer and director. I think if he took that movie and made a fun movie out of it, I I think he could do a, a really good job. Um, so it's just a question of you know whether or not he tries to fuck it up. I see. I want to see an Uncharted movie bad, but the yeah. story's been told so well in the games, it scares me. I agree. So my my. Uh, uh, I would want them to tell something different. Like, don't don't go rehash one of the. Oh no no no! I think if they um, just tell a different Nathan adventure, then it'll yeah, work. Yeah, and then you know you you've got to look at it as um, as two different characters and two different sets of characters to some degree. Um, but uh, for for me, I think going back to the adventure story thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is a chance to make a really cool, great adventure movie. Um, I do think that you could you could restrict it to some extent and keep the budget low. Uh, and for people like my mom, who are never going to play the video game. Like, this is a chance for... Because I've told her for years. Anytime that game came up and I would talk a lot about it because I, I would get obsessed, she'd roll her eyes and be like, video games. And I'd be like, Mom, <laughs> one day they're going to make a movie and it's going to be your favorite movie of all time. Like, as a woman who owns and has worn out her DVD copy of Sahara, she will adore Uncharted. <laughs> yeah. it will gen- I mean, if they do a half-ass job, it'll be better than Sahara. Yeah, and you I like that, Sahara. Carol? Uh, Uncharted. Right. It's so good. <laughs> just go on YouTube, Carol, and watch the videos, the movies. Oh, man. <laughs> they're, so, they're just so good. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, hopefully that'll, that'll do well. Uh, Beetlejuice 2 is maybe not happening, says Michael Keaton. Mm, who cares? So none of us will give a damn, but <laughs> someone somewhere does. I um, wanted to see it. <laughs> did you? I was curious. Yeah. I, I mean... I think people overrate the first one. The first one's not that good. Yeah. I, yeah. I've, Beetlejuice is amazing in it. He's in it for five minutes. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I never found it that that good. Nice fucking model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rated PG. <laughs> that's like an animated cartoon out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's why I think. Yeah, that's so That's weird. why I think people so misinterpret who Beetlejuice is. He's a fucking asshole. He's not nice in that movie. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Um, oh, she wants to know if I could be scary. <laughs> that part is great. That, his monologue is great there. Yeah. Not to mention, I've seen The Exorcist 360 times. And it keeps getting funnier every time I see it. <laughs> Not to mention you're talking to a dead guy. <laughs> for a guy who doesn't like that movie, you sure know <laughs> are able to quote like verbatim. Hey, he knows all know eight lines. For, I don't know if that's verbatim. It's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I, th- I, think that's, uh, I think that's pretty much news, unless you want to talk about the trailer for The Legend of the Hidden Temple or the trailer for The Great Wall. The Great Wall. Oh, uh, yeah, that and, was controversial. kind of racist it is. Why is it racist? Who cares? Uh, no, this one I'll totally agree. Like, it's it gets back to the, it's really unfortunate that there aren't any popular Asian-American actors in, in Hollywood that, that you can bake really on a fault? movie. Um, it's, it's the fault of the, of the system as a whole. 
I just and want to say that the movie was made Sigma. by a Chinese film company, directed by a Chinese guy. Yes. With, and, but in order for them to make a lot of money in America, they have to put a white guy in the And will that role. movie make a lot of money? That's and, what I'm saying. It's Well, that's the thing to figure out, sure. <laughs> um, my, my point is, if you had somebody... Let's say that... If you had a, a like dramatic, you know, Jackie Chan type, like on that level, right? Or even close... Um, somebody who was dramatically respected that you could put in that role and have them do like a really cool grounded action movie uh, and have it derive sales, you would have cast that person instead. I don't know. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, an asshole here. No, I know. But, I mean, what... Is there anybody out there, and you can write into realnerds at gmail.com, that looks at a movie, and if it looks badass, and there's an Asian dude in the lead, you're like, fuck that movie, I want to see Matt Damon. No, it, it, it is a deep-seated stigma that has taken a long time. Like, it, it's just because, because the, the system is very, very slow. Maybe I'm just so naive. I, like, I don't even recognize stuff like that until someone makes a stink about it. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. I mean, I noticed it immediately, but that's because yeah, I've been talking too. for years about the fact that, you know, because when, when things like the Oscars come up, and everybody's mad because they're not nominating any black actors, and I'm like, you guys are insane. Like, black actors in Hollywood are treated so much better today than Asian-American actors are, uh, to such an extent that, you know, uh, um, uh, who was it that hosted it this year? Uh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock, like, you know, the, the whole thing, this, the whole Oscars this year was all about, you know, uh, black actors, which was great. But then he has this incredibly racist joke about the people who do the statistics for the Oscars, and it's three small Asian children. Like... It's so terrible, and it, it's not that they are, they're deliberately doing anything, it's just that no, there's nobody... No, I think nobody... that one was deliberately racist, but when I watch a movie that deals yeah. with people fighting monsters on the Great Wall of China, I never think of, hmm, boy, that's pretty racist, because Matt Damon's it, in it. I don't even think, go there. But it's not, I, I don't think that it's anything deliberately... Ch- like, it's not like somebody's... Um, that, like, the casting directors of that movie are saying, hey, uh... You know, everybody hates Asian guys, so we can't have them be in the lead role. Or even them saying, hey, no one will believe a badass Asian guy. It's more that there's no one in the system because they've been so... Or does anyone know that maybe that movie wasn't written that way? And Matt Damon's like, I really like this movie. We should set up the Great Wall of China. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. It's possible, but the problem is we keep having the conversation because this isn't the only time, right? I'm not mad at the Great Wall. What I'm other, mad. At, I'm just at, curious at what other movie has done that, and it makes people upset. I'm just curious. Oh, I mean, we talked about it only months ago yeah, for for um, uh, uh, the anime adaptation, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Ghost right? in the oh, yeah. Shell. Um, which that's one that I don't t- I, like. I, again, it's the same deep seated problem. Everyone's mad at Ghost in the Shell. They shouldn't be mad at Ghost in the Shell. They should be mad about the fact that what I want is every now and then for us to have. A, a Jason Statham type movie. I, I want an Asian Jason Statham, right? Somebody who can... And is that the system or is it just uh, Asian actors don't want to do that? Or uh, I, See, that's I, where, I, that's I where my would... problem is too because no. you also have... Um, you know, they always talk about the whitewashing but no one bats an eye when they take... Uh, this sounds really racist. Like a white character and cast it as a black guy. See, yeah. I don't even think something like that. No. The, the most important thing is getting the character right. Yes, but I, I think, like, especially when you're telling a movie that takes place on the Great Wall of China during the construction or right after the construction of the wall, like, you're historically in a very specific place. If this movie were a Chinese-language movie, 
um, that actor would probably be Chinese, right? Okay, um, but what if the story is that Matt Damon is like this monster hunter, and if, the Chinese ask for help, and he comes there to fight monsters? That's fine. Uh, my, my point, again, it's, I'm not mad at the Great Wall, and I'm not mad at, at Ghost in the Shell. The conversation just still is that there is no one of Asian descent, or even half Asian descent, who is a bankable, big, dramatic action movie star. There just isn't one, and that's the problem, right? Because no one gives them the opportunity to get in that position. And, and, well, I, I would say because 15 years ago, there was, a, there was still a pretty heavy stigma. And I think today, someone could do it. There just isn't one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 15 years ago, when I was a kid, Asian stars were still very much emasculated, and right, like there, were, there was all this stigma to it. Um, it's starting to go away. Um, I think, you know, cause nobody, nobody wants to deliberately do that. Um, but it, it's just a, it's a very slow moving system, right? Um, so yeah, it, there's nothing you can do about it. And I, I agree at the end of the day, if they want to make this movie and make it cool and have it make money, you put Pat Damon in the movie. There, like there isn't a choice here. And that's the problem. The problem is that there isn't a choice. There isn't a way for them to be historically accurate. You know, um, it's like if you were making, uh, um, Birth of a Nation, and you were like, well, we need the movie to make money, but so we're going to have to make the main actor white. Because historically, all of those characters were black. Right? I mean, that, that's all we're feeding into. And yeah, it may be that it's written into the movie that it's not. That's not said in the trailer, and we, and, uh, we won't know until we see the movie. Um, again, it's just because there isn't a wealth of, of great talent out there. Again, I don't know. I don't look at it that way. So I, You don't have to. I know that it's true. No, I mean, not, not your <laughs> argument. Yeah. But your argument, too, is that there's no Asian actors. And so right. my and, argument and would also be that maybe they, maybe they feel that they don't have an opportunity, so none of them try. Yes. I yeah, mean, right. And, and if, that's the pro- if the problem is that they don't feel like they have an opportunity, like, that's the problem. Yeah, right? I agree. Like they, there, there needs to be some sort of a push there. And there I don't know how be... the push gets... I don't either. I mean, you need a, you need a Denzel Washington of... Of the of the space, right? And I, I can't even think who that would be. Uh, um, I think they're trying. It's just yeah, they. It's just a slow. No one's system. willing to yeah you know, take a chance. Like oh yeah, like Indiana right. Jones should be Asian or something like whatever. You know, right. Like for this action movie. You yeah. Know? Um. I mean, Someone yeah. Don't no. Don't t- don't touch <laughs> Indiana Jones. Like fuck you. I but, watched Indiana Jones this week, so it's the first thing that <laughs> came just, to my mind. I know. So. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. But um, you just have to roll the dice, and hopefully one one like gets a fan base. Like, yeah, I saw Matt Damon in that trailer. Like, I didn't think it was racist, but I was like, that doesn't look interesting to me, even with Matt Damon. Right. So they had a script about this monster movie. Yeah. And they, you know, how do we sell this? How do we right. make this bankable? Um, they got Matt Damon to do it, but again, that wasn't enough to like. I would have been more interested if it was actually a Chinese movie. I yeah, I, I actually would be too. Yeah. Really, you think a Chinese person in a lead role will make that trailer more interesting? Because I don't. No, not a Chinese person in a lead role, but if it was just like a movie made in China with like yeah. an in China, like a Chinese I don't know. production. I, I still don't think the trailer was that interesting. So yeah. like, I don't think it would matter. And I, I think that, you know, as a first trailer, like that's a different conversation. I think that as a first trailer, yeah, I don't love it that much either. It, it You know, it came off a little bit bland, but that might just be the trailer, right? Yeah. That movie might be amazing. Yeah, I mean, you I don't, don't even see the monsters in the movie, right? Like, it could be that they're in, in, in early and post-production. You know, you can also make the argument that no one knows what the movie's about, so saying it's racist right now is kind of a premature... No, I agree. It's, you know, it's just the same thing with Tilda Swinton as a ch- uh, the ancient one. Yeah. And Doctor Strange. Right. I mean... Yeah, it, it, uh, it, for, for me, it is that 
it it comes up enough, and I I I don't want to stop having the conversation until there's a until there's a fix to it. Because for me, I think it is a real problem, and I I mean I've said that for five years or longer. Um, so anyway, um, that's that's news. This is the stuff we watched this week. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what you watch? Actually, not. Nothing really. No, I watched bonus features on a bunch of different movies. So. Anything of interest? Uh, I was impressed. Like, I I can't remember if I had watched the bonus features for the Indiana Jones movies before, but uh, obviously they have a lot of documentaries, repeat documentaries about the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, when I mostly wanted to check out Last Crusade and uh, Temple of Doom, so they have one or two on there that are interesting. But um, I mean, there's nothing. I don't think anyone already doesn't know. Yeah, that I spotted. I I feel like there was one thing, but I forgot what it was. But um, uh, yeah. And then uh, in the, I also rewatched the uh, Star Trek reboots, Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness, and watched the bonus features on those. And uh, um, yeah, nothing to report there. Just, you know well. what I found interesting is I was paying attention to Star Trek this week too. Uh, is everyone talks about how you know, divisive Into Darkness is. It's the highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes for a Star Trek movie. Of all Star time? Trek, of all time. Even right. above Rathicon? Yeah, it's like yeah. 96%, I think. It's a, yeah. it's a good movie. It, no, you I know. think it is, too. I, I, just, I just think it's fascinating because, you know, even Carl Urban's like, I almost left after Into Darkness. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't... Uh, like, it's, it's a little heavy-handed in homages to... Yeah. Uh, like, with the thing you got... One of the great things about Beyond is that it kind of finds its own footing for once, although they do show, like, the original cast in it again. Uh, but still... Yeah, I, yeah, but that's such a good moment. And then the con blood. It's just like, wow, we have a solution to every dilemma yeah. for the rest of the series, um, which yeah. they conveniently just <laughs> we swept under the rug for the next one. But uh, yeah. they're still, like, fun to watch. Um, and the making of was fun to watch, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my, my problems with Into Darkness was always just... the, the I, I like the movie a lot, the first time I saw it, it was just this general disappointment of like, oh man, like, why are you going back to this well? Like, I want something new, which luckily that's what I get in Beyond, right? Yeah. But they watching, told a cool story, right? Yeah. In the special features, Abrams was talking about like, why would you do that? Why would you do Khan again? You know, we spent a whole movie establishing a new timeline. And then he, he basically like recanted, you know, uh, you know, we were looking for a villain and like nothing else sprung to our mind as strongly as Khan. Yeah. So they basically tried to create their own Khan. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the same argument every time that, like, you know, fans pop up and they're like, they should put the Borg in. I'm like, no, I mean, maybe not. Like, now that we're maybe four movies in, I, I might be okay with it because those characters have never interacted with them, so I think that's cool. Yeah, I'd say like, if but, you cross... Because, uh, yes. yeah, the, the original crew didn't have to deal with the Borg, so if right. that would be a new dynamic. Yeah. Um, uh, I just... Like... To me, Star Trek is about so much more than its villains, mm. and so when you focus so much on like, oh, we need a really cool villain, like, nah, you kind of don't. Like, the the villain is is bigotry and 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 uh, and and ignorance. Like, that's the real villain of Star Trek. Fuck and fuck me. <laughs> fuck, just terrible. But it's true, right? Like, that's... yeah, I'm a little tired of like seeing a singular embodiment like of a villain, like. Yeah. Part of the great thing about the original series of movies was like, you know, one of the plot lines was like they're just trying to get whales back to Earth, <laughs> and there's just like this probe. It True, has, it has no yeah. lines. Right. It's, it's not a famous it's, actor. Yeah, it's just a round version of the monolith from t- 2001, and it's like 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, what I, would, else? I would agree. Uh, and yeah, and you've got six, which is like this adventurous romp and, and political drama and murder mystery. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, that's, it, that's what I want. I guess, uh, yeah, not a good versus evil, just a straight up like, yeah, more of an idea driven. Yeah. I, for for a fourth movie, generally what I want is like a a politics heavy Klingon, you yeah. know, uh, a bash. You know, where like they're gonna go to war with the Klingons and this and that, and they gotta and there's some kind of terrorist plot, something something something, and they've gotta set the record straight before war breaks out with the Klingons. It's funny in Into Darkness they kind of suggest that war is already broken out with the Klingons. Yeah. Um, yeah. So even though in Beyond there's they're on their five year mission. Yeah, there's just gigantic war going on back home that doesn't really show up that much. Right, and also they suggested that uh, on Kronos, uh, the state of the Klingons is they're just fighting themselves. Right. In addition to the Federation, so I thought that was a cool thing if they like, maybe in the fourth one they do go to Kronos and they're, you know, they side with one faction of the Klingons. War. Yeah, yeah. If Klingons oh, of war cool. or something. Oh man. Uh, uh, hey, Simon Pegg, give us a call. <laughs> Also, speaking of uh, Star Trek, I watched. I saw the new ship for Discovery. Oh yeah, you watched that thing. You don't like it? Well, it's, first of all, you know, it's obviously it's not the final I don't, render. I don't, I don't like it either. But it looks like a Klingon <laughs> battle cruiser. I know. Without a neck. That's why I explained it that way. It looks like someone, like a child, took a Lego set and just mashed all the pieces together. <laughs> it's very flat, so yes. it has no dimension. Yeah. Um, yes, and it it, it looks like mid '90s CGI. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, I mean I'm not sure what that like, what the story Farscape, there is. Farscape, Babylon Five. Because uh, we also don't know uh-huh. like how much of a budget they gave Brian Fuller. I'm sure he will do the best with what he has. Yeah. Um, but since they're not putting the show on the television, um, it may be that this is them dipping their toe in and they don't want to invest a whole lot of money. Uh, especially maybe on on marketing and promotion, right? Like if he puts out a good show and he puts all the money into the show and he doesn't waste it on some little teaser thing, like okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't love the ship. Uh, as a, like, early design, you know, like, that's what he's trying to do is give you that throwback kind of a feel, which mm-hmm. is cool. I appreciate that. Uh, but it does, it, it invokes so much of that Klingon look um, that it's, it's bizarre that he built it that way, yeah. especially for a guy who knows a lot about Star Trek, um, which may, maybe he did it on purpose, right? Maybe, maybe the ship is, is actually a hodgepodge together, like, you know... It's not the Enterprise. It's not the best ship in the fleet. Like, it's genuinely the worst ship. Maybe and it's not a Starfleet ship. Maybe it's, like, maybe. a bunch of scientists yeah. welded together, well, whatever it's a, they could. it's a Starfleet ship because it's the NCC oh. uh, 1031, right? Like, um, Maybe it's part of NCC 1031 that broke off. And sure. And they salvaged it and maybe. added it to some other science vessel. And yeah. I mean, there's some rogue faction of for Starfleet. I'm excited for the show because I want them to tell good Star Trek stories. Yeah. Um, not because like, oh man, look at how cool the ship looks. Uh, but yeah, I it, I was kind of disappointed when you hadn't seen it yet last week because I was like, oh, you know, I, it's, it's exactly how I described it to you, right? It's yep. like, oh yeah, it looks <laughs> it looks like they took half of a Klingon and a triangle and shoved it onto a circle together. Yeah. Um, I don't know who their production designer is, but <laughs> didn't, yeah, doesn't seem like they tried. Hard. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Ryan? Is that it, Brad? Yep. James? Oh, or you want me to go? No, I can go. Um, I, uh, watched, I watched Bad Boys 2 this week. That mm-hmm. movie is still Bad Boys 2. Um, and uh, the only other thing, really, is that I saw uh, the entire first season of Harmon Quest, uh, which is on CISO. I got, like, a free month of CISO, basically, just so well, I... I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's like a... 
it's like a subscription channel of all comedy stuff that I don't remember who started it. I think Amy Poehler must be involved because basically everything she's ever been in is on there. Um, but it's like a, it's kind of like you know how on Amazon Prime or, or, or mm. on other on other streaming services you can subscribe to Star sure. or HBO or whatever. Uh, so they made this. There's this thing called CISO, and it's uh, they're they're creating a lot of original comedy content. Uh, so there's like comedy shows that are exclusive to CISO and like stand-up comedy stuff that's been uh, uh, video, you know, filmed for them. Okay. Um, so uh, Dan Harmon, who's the creator of Community and uh, one of the co-creators on Rick and Morty, has this uh, podcast that in the last month I started oh, that's listening right. to I called think Harman, I have heard of Harman that. Town. Yeah. Um, so Harmon Quest is a thing that they filmed about a year ago that they just put out on CISO uh, where basically... Dan Harmon, a couple of his, you know, funny friends, uh, and inc- and that includes a a rotating chair each episode of of some co- comedian like Paul F. Tompkins or whoever. Um, they uh, they play D and D together. Uh, so one of his friends, well, I mean, in D and D in quotes because they can't legally say D and D. One of his friends is the game master, and basically what they do is they play for an hour, and then they cut it down to a 20-minute episode. Uh, so you're not watching, like, the rolling of the dice that often or anything like that. Every now and then they'll throw it in. Uh, but it's really just these guys, like, jokily going on this adventure romp together. Uh, and it's, uh, for one thing, uh, like, just in general, it's really funny. Oh, and I, I left out that they, they animate the, the, uh, the adventure, so they'll cut back and forth to the to the live action because sometimes there's something that the guys do that's really funny that you need to see you know for real. Uh, but most of the show is an is a is a cartoon show. That's why it took them a year to make it. Um, I think it's hilarious. I think it's it's totally worth checking out. You can see the first episode on uh, on YouTube, and uh, it I mean it feels like it feels a lot like actual D and D because that's what it is um, in the way that it's like it's social and it's fun and like it. I don't know. For, for I like it just because I feel like it takes a little of the stigma away from how nerdy and terrible D&D is um, as a guy who played it a lot <laughs> in his life. Um, but uh, and everybody who's on it is, is hilarious. I mean, they get Audrey Plaza and a, a whole bunch of really great actors. Um, and it's always funny because, of course, whoever the, rolling, the rotating chair is is like a, a new character for the week. And so it's fun to, like, when you start the episode, wonder, like, okay, is this character going to die by the end of the episode? Are they, you know, going to turn into an asshole and be a villain or, like, whatever? Um, the way that it's scripted out and all of the preparation that they did, uh, especially um, uh, Spencer, who's their game master, like, it's it's really well done for, like, a really simple premise, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. I, I think it's really funny. Um, so yeah, you can go, you can check out the first episode on YouTube and then you can get like a free month. That's what I did. You can get a free month of, of CISO just to check it out, uh, where you can watch that and then go watch the other stuff that they've got on that, on that channel. So reminds me of Crimson Mystical Mages. I've never seen that. It was, a uh, the, basically that, but the audio version on Kevin Smith's. Oh, that's right. Network. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the video version. Yeah. Um, it's Which really. Only did like one episode of or something. Oh yeah. This they do a, I think it's ten episodes, and so you get like a whole campaign, right? Like, you know, the some demon seal gets broken, and this these demons come through, and then they got to go find find and fight the demons and the bad guy who broke it, and and then you know it all comes to a head, and uh, and it's interesting because they clearly must have written it, like Spencer must have written it as they were doing it, um, so that that way, because there are things near the end I was amazed by where like some of the characters that he writes for the for the guests 
are things that he clearly must have written after, you know, somebody said something about like, oh, you know, I've got this separation anxiety because of my dad or whatever, right? So then he's like, oh, now slight spoilers for the show, but like somebody makes a a lighthearted joke about a thing, and then he ends up writing like that character's father in later in the series, so that that way like he can play on that little character dynamic that you know somebody made up just uh, you know improv, uh, and that's a cool thing that you don't you know you don't see that often. So um, yeah, that definitely worth checking out. So, uh, but that's pretty much everything I watched. Yeah, I didn't watch very much either this week. I, I just wanted to mention uh, my little boy is in love with Captain America. Okay. And so uh, we watched Age of Ultron, and he kept on saying uh, that Captain America is throwing a shield. Uh-huh. And he likes the Hulk. Um, I think all little boys like Hulk because he just smashes things. Yeah. Um, but I, I like that. I mean, I don't know how long Age of Ultron is. Maybe two hours, 20 minutes? Yeah, it's, it's long. But he watched the whole thing. Wow. And he was interested in it, so it's kind of fun having the little guy really excited for those movies. Like he, Winter Soldier, he liked, but there's a little too much, I think, intrigue in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a smart movie. Uh, like, that's not just an action movie. You know, there's a lot of breaks in the action in it. Yeah. Um, but he was really uh, into it at the beginning when Cap's running across the ship and uh, being a badass. Uh, He's going to be the only two-year-old who turns to you and is like, Daddy, what's PTSD? Right. Oh, man. I, sh- I should have never shown you Winter Soldier. So I'm getting him prepped. And I was actually, Civil War is playing at the Elvis cinemas. Oh, no. I'm really tempted to take him there and see if he can sit through a movie. Oh, I, I, I do you, like, I, I think that watching Iron Man and Captain America fight is, is emotionally, like, <laughs> that would have to be devastating for a, for a, a little be. kid. But, right? you know. Like, no, why, why, Dad, why are they fighting? <gasps> Oh, political differences. I mean, I still think uh, <laughs> Winter Soldier is one of the best Marvel, probably the best Marvel MCU movie. Yeah. Um, but Civil War is so close. I mean, I just rewatching it. There's so many clues in Winter Soldier that pay off in Civil War. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I remember them mentioning that uh, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers that the Winter Soldier is responsible for the death of the Starks. Uh, but I couldn't remember where I saw it. You know what I mean? Is that in Winter it's, Soldier? It's in Winter Soldier. Holy shit. It's the part where Cap and Black Widow go to the underground bunker and they talk to the German scientist who's like living in the computer. Yeah. They flash the thing and it's like Stark's uh, killed in a car accident. And, oh, uh, wow. and it has the same date on the newspaper. Like I stopped it. I'm like, wait a minute. And I watched. Yeah. So they, because that's how he knew. Because I always wonder, it's like. <sighs> Because he said, uh, did you know in Civil War? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I knew. I thought they just didn't tell us. Yeah. You, you just blew my mind. I know. I, I have a new appreciation for Winter Soldier again. Um, That's so cool. And any movie that has Robert Redford say Hell Hydra is immediately oh. elevated. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of fun. My little boy, he loves the Spider-Man movies, too. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really fun. I can't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him to Homecoming. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, and uh, my wife said, "Really, you're gonna take him opening night?" I'm like, no, I'm gonna go see it, and then I'm gonna take him to a matinee. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, it'll be almost three by then. He might be okay, but I want to enjoy it the first time I see it. Yeah. Uh, well, and if you want to see it at the Alamo, because you literally won't be able to get him into the Alamo. Yeah, and that's another thing is I gotta, you know, because I don't want him to bother other people. Yeah. So it's always a I might wait a couple weeks. Yeah. And see well, and it like it, at a matinee when it's not gonna be as busy. Right. Um, yeah, because again, like, y- y- if it's you don't want it to be the first time because if it is a thing where like halfway through you're like, oh crap, I got I, I have to take him out because he's exactly. Just not gonna, and it's not his know. fault. He's just a little guy. Oh yeah. Take so it's not his it's not his fault. His dad's a da- an asshole. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. So, but if I wait, because I think it comes out July eighteenth, seventeenth. Yeah. 
I think if I wait a month, kids will be back in school. Sure. And then I'll be able to take them and it won't oh, be as totally. bad. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, or the drive-in's another option for sure. For sure, yeah. Um, I just don't know, because the drive-in, you know, the screen might be far away. Well, if you take a sedan, you can go up front. A sedan? A sedan. So I have to take wife, my wife's car? Yeah. Why, why, why can only sedans sit up front? Because the smaller cars get to be in the first three... I think it's the white posts. Probably because the height or something. The, blue the height of them. Posts. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, like, they have orange on the sides for the trucks and stuff. Huh. Weird. Yeah. No, it's it makes sense. Because it, it, it's, like, it's it. not, like, on the side of a hill or something? No, it's flat, but the the oh. rows dip into, like, little ravines. So, like, each each section is, like, two rows. And, like, the front row kind of points the cars up. Yeah. And then the back row, you kind of fall down i think huh point oh, okay. down the back row yeah and a lot of people like to turn their car the rear ends of their cars open towards yes. the screen i like to just use my windshield yeah um but if you put your trailer hitch up it blocks the smaller cars if oh, you're in the front oh yeah yeah the, the, looking okay. up yeah yeah so the last time when i went and saw uh mad max this was at a, a drive-in out in in ohio uh it was on the side of a hill enough that like you were sitting pretty far from each other, and on that we were with a, we were in a truck, um, so that I mean that was really great because then you you open up your side doors, turn the speakers on, sit in the back of the truck, and it was like perfect, right? Um, but yeah, I can see I wasn't thinking about the 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 hatchbacks. Yeah. If you flip open the hatchback, yeah, that would be really annoying. Yeah, last time I was there, like the owners would come around with like yarn to get people to like tie it down a little bit. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, I've never had that problem because I have an SUV, but. Yeah, I can I can see the smaller cars, right? Um, if unless they're up front, they can get screwed over. Yeah, pretty easily. That would make sense. Cool. Sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. I also uh, finished watching a third season of Hannibal. Um, and are those episodes uncensored on Blu-ray? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because um, one, I, I feel like they're about fifty something minutes long. But yes. also, I'm like, that's pretty hardcore. Yep. Um, it's it's a really well done show. Uh, I think the third season starts a little slow, but yes, as it Maybe the fourth or fifth episode, it really starts picking up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why I fell off when it was on the air. Because mm-hmm. those first four episodes, when you're watching week to week, I just forgot what was happening. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's so much just... They're vis- really dense. Yeah, and there's just so much visual stuff. Ha- like, there's just, there's just like, hey, here's a kaleidoscope sex scene, right? Like, just yeah. weird stuff. Uh, but I will say, the show's shot beautifully. Oh, uh, yeah. And I actually, uh, I liked how the story uh, culminated. I think the uh, the end was really uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know if I should spoil it for people, but when I was watching it and it ended, I'm like, is there something else? So I kind of stayed. I was like, uh-huh. just guessing. And uh, the end uh, post-credit scene is pretty traumatic and interesting. You're talking about the... The, I don't, I don't the, to... the Gillian Anderson yes, moment. Yes, yes, yes. Because why is there... Oh, I know, I know. Why is there? Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. no, you don't have to say anything. Yeah, um, we're good. But I do, I think the choice that Will makes, I think's right on par with his character. Right. At the end of this show. Yeah. I, I don't want to spoil it for people because it's really no, fascinating. No. Yes. How they get there. Yeah. And I, I, it actually reminds me of Sherlock Holmes a lot. Uh-huh. Um, just the way it ends because you have two adversaries that respect each other so much uh-huh. and they have to make a decision and whatever decision's made it is a it is a batman joker esque relationship is. because i i like to I, the character of will is really interesting to me because he's not always like on the straight and arrow yeah um so his choice i, I think it ended how it should have ended and i think it he makes the right choice 
How did you feel uh, middle of that the season when they they jump forward like a I'm year fine or two years or whatever it is? I'm fine because yeah. I, I think it adds intrigue to what's happening. Yeah. Um. It it felt like uh, it felt like you know putting nitrous into the show like it all of a sudden I started that episode and I was just like I was hooked. I think I finished yeah. the the season in a day or two after it, that. It's it's a really well done show. I still love the title sequence. I think is one of the coolest ever. Yeah. Uh, the music's really great. Like uh-huh. the red wine is. Yes. It's so, uh, it's sad that they're not making any more, but I think it's okay. Yeah. I, I think it's okay where it ended. Did you have some of that same feeling where, like, it ended and you thought, like, oh, man, what, what would Silence of the Lambs look like if they had touched yeah. it, right? Like, what would it look like? But I'm okay with it where it ended. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because oh, no, I, I think the ending with what happened to uh, two characters and then uh, the Gillian Anderson thing I think was really clever. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I still stand. And gruesome. By, I stand by what I've always said of, you know, the the show. Uh, the show should have never had a season, much less three. Yep. So I, I have to. That be was thankful. on network TV. I think I agree with you. I'm like, <laughs> right. I mean, I've only seen the uncensored episodes. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you're watching. Like, this is on NBC. It's, but it's, it's way out of place on NBC. It's not the gore. It's no. It's the psychological trauma I, of I, that show. I think we've talked. I still think the best scenes are just the ones where they're talking to each other. Yeah. And and Mads Mikkelsen is so great as Lecter. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, I, th- I think he's better than Anthony Hopkins, but he's obviously had he's more not, time. He's not chewing scenery. Right? Exactly. Like, Anthony Hopkins plays that ca- that character like a like a madman. Yeah, um, which is fine. fine for what those movies exactly. are. I mean, he only has two hours. Right. Where Mads Mikkelsen... He's got to make an impact. Yeah, whereas... and so what, 28 total hours? Oh, no, 39 total hours of uh-huh. the show. So you have... Just like I think Anthony Hopkins is likable, but Mads Mikkelsen has to be likable for an extended period of time. Right. Where he's still a bastard, but you... St- I, I don't know how to describe. Well, because you can't you can't sustain that character at eleven the whole time. Mm-hmm. So Mads Mikkelsen plays him at two. Yeah, and then when he when he turns it on, yeah, it's, like it's, I think it's terrifying. It, I really do. Yeah, like it's really good. Yeah, um, so. and it doesn't happen very often because most of the time, like one of the things Brian Fuller I think does really well is that until season three, you don't really get to see a lot of 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 like that horrible Hannibal Lecter. Um, it's why I think season three is so so interesting, and there's you know there's, it is. there's so much it, visual stuff. It there is interesting too when uh, Lecter starts explaining why he's killing people. Yeah, and it's really fascinating because I've never seen a show or a movie where you spend so much time in the psyche of a serial killer. Yeah, where he's you know I, it's second main character. Will still the right most pop. I mean the main character, but. Maybe and equal time. I don't know. Yeah, and it's not it's not campy like a like a Dexter or something like that, where yeah. it's like he talks to himself and he and he you know personalizes yeah. the 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 thing that makes him kill people, right? Like it's it's really this you know psychological uh, examination yeah. of that character. And I think, and I do like though too. It kind of went away from the first season. I thought was good, but the later seasons went away from the monster of the week kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, it focused more on the characters, and I right. think they. After the first season, they realized those moments with Gillian Anderson and Mads Mikkelsen were so great yeah. that they started building on it, and I think it helped the show. I, I think the last season's really strong yeah. when you watch it as a whole. I, um, I think the way he got it made was he pitched it as a Monster of the Week serialized or, or mm-hmm. uh, episodic kind of show because that's the way you get it onto 
NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I agree. Then, once he miraculously got a second season, you know, it's it's Brian Fuller. He when he gets a second season, he's done. Um, until this show, how is it that this is the show that got more than two seasons for Brian? I Fuller? know it's interesting <laughs> because the, the show is dark. Oh, yeah, but well done. So hats uh, off to the creators of that show. Yeah, I, I, I think that once he got a second season, he was just like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'm, now I'm going to get want. canceled eventually anyway. So why not just do this in the the best way I know how? Um, and man, it's a hell of a thing. Yep. So I, and the last thing I watched is I watched Hellhole. <gasps> um, I'm so excited. <laughs> The the movie's not good at all. Um, for for uh, for to catch up anybody who didn't listen what last week, go back and listen to the Blu-ray releases of Hellhole <laughs> yeah. uh, so, from last week. So the cover is this doctor that has a syringe and he's wearing you know a surgical mask and there's a scantily clad woman with his hand over her mouth and he's he's about to stick the syringe in her and I was like oh this is really cool that never happens in the movie. Um, <laughs> there's a doctor in it but it's played by a lady which is fine but I wanted her to in that surgical thing and you know she's doing experiments you on to look, women you wanted her to look like a mad scientist exactly yeah um, nope uh, so the, the premise of the movie is it opens with this mom and daughter and they look like they're the same age uh, it's really bizarre and uh, so she's making dinner and the daughter comes down she's like why don't you go take a shower I'm like oh this movie's gonna be just loaded with gratuitous nudity so the daughter goes takes a shower and then the mom is murdered by a uh, the best way I can describe it is a 1980s greaser, and his name is Silk because when? he strangles his victims with a silk scarf. When is the movie set and made? Is 80s. Okay, okay. So All right. I'll explain his attire to you. Okay. So he wears a black leather jacket that has, like, spikes on it. Okay. Black gloves that has, you know, the fingers cut out. Sure. And leather pants. He wears aviator sunglasses and has, like, a, a, must, a handlebar mustache. Okay. And he wears a red silk scarf that he strangles people with. That's why he got the name Silk. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, eight, eight, now, now, 80s greaser is a yeah. good... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Uh, so he murders this lady's mom. Does he get a new one each time he kills? No. It's his favorite one, bro. So how do they know it's a silk scarf that kills people? Because that's his name. Because that's the way, that's the way that it, it, leaves in a, it leaves a silky impression on their necks. <laughs> um, I'm just is saying because that, that's that what possible? they call him. I know. I'm just... Well, yeah, I mean, I'm debunking I know what you this, mean. like, how do they... There were, there were silk oh, so threads no left one, in the... No one who is murdered calls him silk. Um, I'll, I'll get to this part. Okay. So, <laughs> he murders this lady's mom, and she comes down and sees him, and he's singing some song to her while he's murdering her. And so she runs out of the house, and she lives in, like, some housing development, and she runs to, like, an abandoned... Like, it's a frame of a house... And in the background, there's literally, like, 50 houses. So I don't know why she didn't run to, like, one of the houses. And uh, Silk, 80s greaser guy, is, like, slowly walking and smoking a cigarette. (laughs) He gets to... So she runs upstairs to this frame of this house. Why why is she afraid of him? Because isn't he just a dude? Well, because she saw him murder her mom. Oh, right, 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 right. Sorry, yes. That's fine. So... You'd think she'd just run to a neighbor's house, but... Yeah, she'd be like, hey, please call the police. Mm -hmm. Someone just murdered my mother. Yeah, I mean... Uh, so she goes to this house uh, that's just the frame of the house, and greaser guy, Silk, is is smoking a cigarette, like, yeah. waiting for her. And so he, <laughs> so he grabs his scarf. He's waiting. He's waiting he, like, to smoke her. And he, yes. And he, like, snaps it like it's supposed to be terrifying. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a belt. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> and so she backs up slowly and falls off the top floor and, like, hits the ground. 
And he just looks at her, he's like, sorry, babe. And he takes a drag of his cigarette and flicks it down. But it turns out she didn't die, guys. <gasps> she got amnesia. What? Yep. Okay. So, All right. so okay. Cut, All right. cut to next day, I don't know. Um, and there's these two guys sitting around, and Silk isn't wearing his uh, costume anymore. He's just some average 80s guy with a girl who's topless swimming in a pool. <laughs> and uh, so it turns out that because she has amnesia... They send her to a, a sanitarium for women, and they got Silk a job as a janitor there in case she remembers that... Wait, who they? I don't know. In case they murdered... They never explain. Okay, all right. In case her, she remembers that her mom was murdered by Silk. So they say something about, we need to get the papers from her mom. I don't know what papers they're talking about. I don't know why her mom was murdered. Um, but they send her to this uh, sanitarium... Oh, because he is he like a contract killer? He's not, yes. Oh, okay. So, he so was he's paid. not he's not just a Michael esque like I kill people. No. Like, so he, he kills people. Yeah. Five thousand okay. dollars. Yeah. Five thousand bucks. Right. Okay. They do mention that five thousand five thousand dollars to kill her mom mm-hmm. because of papers. Papers. Okay. Never explained. We need to get the paper. Um. So they, so they do this exposition scene. These three guys around the pool with a naked girl swimming. That uh, they told. The doctor there, who's an evil doctor, that... Good. Take her in, and that her mom is on vacation in Florida, and she cannot be reached. Does she... Oh, because she just doesn't remember the, the murder. Yeah, it's she not that she doesn't remember... Else. Okay, she remembers that she has a mom. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, now, so, now I'm with you. So while they're there, they meet the evil doctor chick lady. Okay. I forget her name. I, I think her name is evil doctor chick lady. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and she... <laughs> if you... So all the most, I'd say ninety percent of the patients are like pinup eighties. Like girls are all like super attractive. Yeah. And then they always have like the one fat girl and then the one like crazy girl with crazy hair. Sure. Um, but they take showers together. Oh, so it's, and, it's orange is the new black. Yeah, they take right. showers together and rub soap over each other. Uh, um, yep. They have uh, a lesbian fight scene. Um, Wait. Yep. So like. Like where they fight and then they make no, this, out. No, this one girl is mad. Or is it just two women who are fighting? So S- Silk is now the janitor, right? And there's also the good guy, orderly. His name's orderly. good, orderly guy. Gotcha. <laughs> I think his name's Ron. Actually, his name is Ron. Okay, great, um, Ron. So he wants to find out information. Um, so he sends his girlfriend that he's sleeping with, who's crazy, into the shower with all these naked women. Wait, wait, yeah, wait. yeah. So wait. one of the he. he he needs to find that information, mm-hmm. so he sends his girlfriend in to take a shower with a bunch of crazy women in the insanity oh, no, the, the, ward he the, works at. The, his girlfriend's crazy, too. Oh, So oh, he's, like, I, sleeping oh. with the patient. Okay, when you said he, she was crazy, I thought you just meant, like, oh, she's crazy. Oh, yeah, no. She's I'm sorry a, if I lose you. I'm trying to remember the plot of this movie. Oh, no, that's why I'm, you know. <laughs> hey, would you mind go asking these girls some information? Right. Immediately? Yeah. Oh, while they're in the shower? Oh, yeah. that's a good time. Yeah, because hey, I forgot. Hey, buddy, I need you to come into my work tomorrow and hang out with all the crazy chicks I work with. And so yeah, I'm really explaining this movie because it doesn't make sense to me. Right. No, it's great. So I forgot to say the scene before with his girlfriend. She comes into his room at the insane asylum. I don't know. And so she gets naked and they're like having a sex scene and she's having this huge exposition about evil doctor lady who's doing experiments on the women in the sanitarium. Sure. And, like, she's naked while they're doing this. 
and she's like rubbing her boobs and she's like, yeah, and she takes them downstairs to hellhole. You don't want to like, what the fuck is going on here? Now, okay, I do want to point out here that you said that Ron is like the good guy orderly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that he's sleeping with no, his crazy so, patients. No, Silk is the janitor that they, remember, he's, he's been planted there. Yes, and Ron is a different guy. No, I know. Ron is a good guy orderly. Mm-hmm. So it's Except Silk. for the fact that he is having sex no, no, with no. patients. No, no, no. Silk is having sex with the patient. Oh. So Silk wants... Silk is trying to find out information. Yeah, about Ron. Okay, 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 okay. He's, okay. he's friendly I... with the amnesia girl. Sorry. Okay. So yes. Ron's friendly no, with the amnesia fine. girl. So Silk sends his girlfriend into the showers to find out information on Ron because he's afraid that Ron's going to unlock her memories. Sure. Right. And so... Because he likes to help the women. Yeah, so there's literally a scene, there's like 12 naked women, and they're all like rubbing like soap on each other. Right, yeah. And then this one girl comes in and like, hey, you can't talk to my girl that way. And uh, she's like, fuck you. And then they have this like lesbian like fight scene because the one girl's talking to the other girl's girlfriend. (laughs) Okay, Brad, am I crazy? He keeps saying lesbian. It's just women fighting. It's just women fighting, right? Yeah, but they're lesbians. Because she's upset. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I, oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. The one girl okay. is upset that her right. girlfriend is talking to the <laughs> the one lady right. who okay. silks in it. I know. Yeah, I know. Now I'm on the same page. It's like I just you're talking to... about a wrestling match, but you're saying like all the wrestlers are gay. <laughs> just because it was two guys wrestling. Yeah, well, yeah, but when he said it the first time, I thought he meant like they fight and then they have sex. In like you a, didn't, in you like didn't like think a weird... this plot was so dense, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, so she does experiments on them that turns them into like zombie things that never really kill anybody. Um, oh, okay. It's, it's like loaded with gratuitous nudity in the, the hell in the hellhole. They're, the hell they're hole. making zombies out of mm-hmm. uh, or like zombie mutants out yeah, of the women, but they don't really turn into anything. It's just they act like I. They just go. Ugh, we yeah. don't have budget. Yeah, yeah, no budget. We're gonna <laughs> moan and my kid just fell for no reason. Oh, um, you're right. You fall yeah. In, yeah, okay. It's just, it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies that's so bad, you keep on watching it, like, what the fuck are they doing in this movie? Right. How did this get made? Uh, and <laughs> the, There you go. <laughs> the, the, the Blu-ray only has one interview on it, and it's with Crazy Doctor Lady. Yeah. And she said, I took it, she's, she's really funny in the interview. She said, yeah, I did it because they paid me money, I didn't think anybody was going to see it, but here I am, 30 years later, talking about this piece of shit. <laughs> it's really funny, and she talks about how it's not good, and um, it's not, but it's one of those movies that's so bad that you can't believe you're watching it. Wow. So, in the end, that she, like, like, like she and, she and, and, and little Ronnie Howard... You, you want me to Ronnie Howard, for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to watch this piece of shit. What? So, like, so, she, she and little Ronnie Howard, like, build up a, some kind of plan, and they, they, they get... The, you know, yeah. So there's the plan. bad guy die die cool. Uh, yeah, he takes an axe in the back from one of the crazy patients. So yeah. no, but he not not before he does one more signature kill, guys. So this one guy who hired him to go there to make sure that the guy who hired him to lady, kill the papers woman, yeah, yeah, amnesia lady doesn't remember. He kills him. And then he puts his aviator sunglasses on him as he strangles him, and he goes out of frame. What? 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 If he has access to her in the Insanity War, why doesn't he just strangle her like in her sleep? Yeah, you'd think so. <laughs> like instead of like, oh, I'm an I'm a highly paid assassin. There is a scene but I'm going to take he... this job as a as a maintenance guy for a while just to make sure. There is a scene where he goes in there and she's asleep, and he's like, "You know me, right? You know me," and she's. Like, 
know you. Oh, you know me. And that's literally the scene for like a minute before <laughs> before little Ronnie Howard shows up and saves her. Wait, wait. Is this actually Ron Howard? No, no, no. 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 I, I, just said, I just said little Ronnie Howard. And it made me something. laugh, so I'm running with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It's... Uh, yeah. I, okay. Yep. Great. So there's no like I murders. Was, I was worried for yeah because we we read the tagline last week, uh, which Ron was Howard of the Da Vinci Code, Apollo <laughs> 13, and Hellhole. <laughs> yeah, so I was disappointed that there was no like crazy lady doctor who was killing people. Yeah, because well, at first it didn't sound like they were ever going to be captives stripped naked and forced to submit to the ultimate experience. But it does sound like they 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 deliver on that amazing tagline. Yep. Um, because that does happen in the movie. Yep, play, they also play, take play a mud bath, and uh, Silk shows up with his crazy informant, right. and she's taking a mud bath with some other random girl who's naked. And I mean, before he shows up, fight? he's she says, oh, my nipples are so hard. I'm like, am I watching fucking <laughs> porn? <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. And so I don't know why there's a mud bath, too, in an insane asylum, but there is. Um, it's therapeutic, I guess. It's yeah, a, I guess. It's basically a spa for insane people. Yeah, you know. So there, it's hellhole. It's very fresh. Which I think I'm. I'm, I'm not going to watch it again right away, but I will watch it again <laughs> to make sure. That I'm like, is this what? What's going on here? Um, yeah, because I mean, it, it seems like I'm missing something. Right. Like with the papers, but I'm pretty sure they didn't say anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can write in people. I don't know if other people have seen Hellhole. Fans they should of make hellhole. a movie called Spa Asylum. They're just <laughs> sitting there in the mud bath, going like, "Man, we should have gone crazy a lot sooner." <laughs> Did, okay, did you say Spa Asylum or yeah. Spa Asylum? Spa Asylum. Spa Asylum's pretty good. <laughs> Copyright Real Nurse Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so what's cool. coming out on Blu-ray this week? <laughs> DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, your big release this week is Keanu, um, which is worth a rent, right? Like that sure. was a, that was a funny sure. movie. Um, there, there were laughs. Zach Eastman's favorite, but Zach's stupid. Yeah, I mean, there were there were laughs to be had. Uh, <laughs> he, he put that ahead of Civil War. <laughs> I no, his 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 list for the first half of the year is completely wrong. Sorry, Zach. Yeah, Zach. Come um, on. But by the end of the together. year, by the end of the year, all the shit that's on that list, he'll take it off. Uh, except for like one thing that he just leaves on there to piss me off. Because <laughs> um, that's what he does. Uh, Mother's Day, uh, the the Jennifer Aniston movie that Ryan's been waiting for, is out this yes. week. Um, so there you go. Uh, that's the, the, the Gary Marshall movie. So I, I figure that I, I like every like fourth Jennifer Aniston movie Yeah, where it's like, I'm not a big fan of indie movies, but when she does indie movies, she's really good in them yeah. and they usually like derailed. Exactly. Or, um, cake cake. She's really great. in yeah. she's oh, great. Right. And she's the one. Um, so yeah, leprechaun. So every about four years. <laughs> Oh, uh, season three of The Blacklist is out this week, uh, so you can check that out. That that show is palatable. Uh, the Lobster is finally getting its its Blu-ray release, which means I'll I'll check it out. Um, even though every time someone tells me more about that movie, I'm just like, this just sounds so depressing. I'm going I'm going to hate it. Uh, but yeah. uh, when I finally get around to watching it, I I'll I'll, I'll give it a chance. Um, the uh, the complete second season of The Nick, uh, which I've never watched, but I hear good things. Um, there's an anime called April in the Extraordinary World that's out this week. That or this, that's out this week. Um, so maybe check that out if you're into that kind of thing. Ah, ah! I just accidentally closed one. Oh no! Uh, there's a movie called The Bronze. Mm, I don't know about it. Uh, the first season of The Blind Spot, which I don't, I don't think I ever talked about that on this show. Like I watched the first one or two episodes of that show, um, 
and it had some interesting things, and I like uh, what's her face, uh, who's the Jamie main actress, Alexander. Uh, yeah, Jamie Alexander. Uh, but that show is like so episodic, it hurts. It's a show that belongs on NBC, not Hannibal. <laughs> yes. Oh, totally. Yeah, because it's like you know she's yeah. got all these tattoos, and like basically every episode is discovering what a, n- a new tattoo means, which is just like the most painful. Why does it say "Enter here in my cooter"? Right. Oh. <laughs> The uh, the Marcus Zorro is getting a Blu-ray release this week, really? which is cool. Which yeah, is cool. I, I think I want to check that out. Like, I haven't seen that movie. I haven't seen it forever since probably I watched it on That's TV I'm like, when I was Antonio 10. Antonio Banderas can be a star. No, not the Mask of Zorro. <laughs> the Mark of Zorro. I was waiting for you to jump on that one. <sighs> you ignorant fool. Uh, the first season? Yes, the first season. Dwight, of the girl- you ignorant slut. <laughs> <laughs> the first season of the Girlfriend Experience. The uh, show based on the Soderbergh. Show, movie that's from stars. I don't know. Anybody watch it? No, mm. nobody's watched it. Sure. Uh, anyway, Nicolas Cage got a movie called The Trust uh, with Elijah Wood, uh, the tagline for which is Bad Cops Make the Best Criminals. That sounds like a terrible movie. Uh, and the mustache he's wearing on the poster is equally terrible. Um, Mike Epps, Meet the Blacks. Moving on. Uh, Rooster Teeth's Laser Team, uh, which is when did who talked about that? Like there was something about Laser Team. It's like this weird-looking, silly, like yeah, throwbacky kind of eighties movie. Yeah, thing. the Alamo advertised it a bunch. Yes, that's right. Ago. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, it just looks like a weird thing that was maybe worth watching on a stream at some point. Um, Batman's The Killing Joke is out this week on on Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, so controversy. Yeah, we can all watch it and and watch what what happened. Batgirl got raped or something. Mm-hmm. She had uh, sex with Batman. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That 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 was a weird conversation, which I don't um, think is exclusive to that. I think it's been in the comics. Maybe um, I don't it's know. I think she looks at Batman as a father figure. I don't think so. But yeah, but I think it's been like I don't know Elseworlds comics or something that have like done that. Do you see Batwoman's tits in it? No. He, I want to. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she goes down to a bra. Wow. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. It's still kind of kind of creep me out seeing that animation style, and I love I love Batgirl. Yeah, and like getting down in her skivvies, and like, uh, we'll see. Yeah, if the story's Weird. good, then it's all right. Uh, Last days in the desert, the Ewan McGregor Jesus movie, um, which you know, to the third Jesus movie this year, maybe worth checking out. Um, the uh, okay, uh, getting into our shout factory, scream factory stuff for the week. Uh, you've got bite. Uh, which looks like a movie where a young woman eats a lot of marbles. Uh, your fear <laughs> is her appetite. I have no fucking oh, clue what this is. Yeah, I saw the cover for that one. It's very similar to a local film called Eat. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I think they're actually fish eggs. Is that what they are? Fish eggs? Is it caviar? It's either it's either <laughs> caviar or it's marbles. She's eating one of the two. Very high class. Um, I think she eats humans in that movie. While on her, no, well, this cover is definitely marbles. So... Uh, I, I, that that's all I have to go off of. Um, while uh, while on her bachelor party getaway, bride to be Casey gets a seemingly harmless bite from an unknown insect. After returning home with cold feet, Casey tries to call off her wedding, but before she's able to, she starts exhibiting insect-like traits. Uh, brought to the uh, brought to the breaking point by her ongoing physical transformation uh, and her wedding anxiety. Casey succumbs to the hor- to her horrifying new instincts uh, as her metamorphosis becomes complete. The bugged bride and all of her uh, and all who cross her path 
discover everything can change with a single bite. Maybe they're bug eggs. Maybe that's what the... I, no, no. It, the cover is her eating marbles, and I don't know why. Um, anyway, Shout Factory is also putting out Red Sonia, uh, Queen of Plagues, uh, which is a animated Gail Simone uh, right on. show or movie I like thing. I like her as a writer. Yeah, uh, and I think it technically says Shout Factory on the on the spine there, uh, but it's a cool looking cover. I kind of want to go check out the trailer for this because I have to assume that this is a relatively new thing. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a obviously based on the Red Sonia comic book character, uh, and then what I assume is the 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 big one for the week that probably Ryan has uh, a copy of ordered is Invasion of the Body Snatchers from the Scream Factory. I don't, actually. Oh, yeah? Uh, this cover is, is pretty awesome looking. It is. Donald uh, Sutherland, front and center. Yeah. Man. That's a, that's a pretty cool movie. I, I haven't seen that in forever. Um, yeah. I, I like this cover. So, yeah. Um, maybe go order that. And that's this week in Blu-ray. Cool. Uh, before we get to uh, the review of the movie, uh, Suicide Squad is opening... Next week. Yep. And uh, if you're looking for a great Harley Quinn story, and that comes with a really cool set, I don't know if I, hope, I don't know if Andrew still has them, but at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, they have a gift set that has uh, Mad Love Deluxe Edition. Oh, cool. And hardcover, but it also comes with a Harley in a ninety and a Joker action figure. Cool. So it's uh, I think it's thirty nine dollars, but you also get the graphic novel with the two action figures. Neat. It's a really cool gift set. So uh, if you're Wondering what Harley Quinn story to read, that's definitely the one to read. It's called awesome. Mad Love. It's by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, the creators of the animated series. <laughs> Shoot. I, I couldn't get my joke off fast enough to go, who, who are those guys? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, because one of my biggest pet peeves is people that love Harley Quinn and know nothing about her. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, because, I mean, she's designed really cool, and I understand that's what part of her appeal. Yeah. Uh, but if you read her stories, I think people would like her even more because it's very fascinating. Yeah. Um, I learned to like the costume design on the new Harley Quinn uh, better. Is it because it's Margot Robbie? And that's uh, why I love it. No, it's um, <laughs> some somebody like put together that they were clearly inspired. I think it was, was it Joan Jett? Um, shoot, now I can't remember. Basically, there was a 80s, you know, rock, pop, punk star woman who... They've, they found a picture of her in this thing that looks exactly like that costume. I um, think it's fine. Yeah, no, and, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's what you were going for. Like, neat. Did, did you see the classic uh, costume is in the movie? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. That's cool. Not, you, don't, you don't mean the dress thing, that, like that halter top thing she's wearing. The Harlequin, like, animated series costume. Like really? The, like the unitard. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Awesome. She just doesn't. Right, I'm more. She just kind of discards it. Well, she doesn't have it in the jail she's being expelled from, which makes sense. Yeah. So. so I'm excited to see the movie. So yeah, definitely yeah. go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics and pick that gift set up. It's really nice. Yeah. Fingers, fingers crossed. Hopefully that movie is going to be awesome. Yep. I, I want it to be. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, James and I went and saw Jason Bourne. James, should people see Jason Bourne? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you, if you like Paul Greengrass, Jason Bourne movies, this is one. Uh, the, the plot is clearly scripted before they started filming, which is a new one for Paul Greengrass. Uh, but unfortunately, that also means it's kind of more annoying than the last two. Um, I, I would say... I need to rewatch Legacy. This might be my least favorite, but it still is, like... It's the least of some really awesome action movies, so definitely worth checking out. Some really cool sequences, uh, and I think Matt Damon does a good job, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm in the same boat. I think, like, I... I th- 
I think it's fun seeing Matt Damon be Jason Bourne again. And yeah, the action scenes are pretty awesome. Okay, there's a thing I wanted to complain about, but I can't. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, okay. I, I know. Um, right, yeah. So the, the thing is, that you either like Paul Greengrass's style or you don't. And I think sometimes he, do, he does suffer from that cut, 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 and the shaky camera. Yes. Uh, but when it comes to, I, I think, sometimes car chase and stuff, he does a really good job. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. So, yeah, I think if you're a fan of the Matt Damon Bourne movies, then definitely see it. Uh, if, if you have a real hard time with, like, super cliche spy moments, like, like lines of dialogue that are, are, you know, very, you know, if you really hate when people say enhance in a movie, <laughs> you'll be bothered by this movie. Yep. Um, but every time but I it's see, worth it. Every time I see Alicia Vikander, though, I fall more in love with her. Oh, so. She's really good. She is. Uh, so here's the trailer for Jason Bourne. finish with you, you'll no longer be yourself. I remember. I remember everything. Remembering everything doesn't mean you know everything. Tell me. You've just been hacked. Could be worse than Snowden. Facial recognition got a hit. Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. Why would it come back now? There's a demonstration in front of the Greek Parliament building. I think she'll use it as cover. They tracked you. We gotta move. He knows things. What if he's not coming for us? What if it's something else? I volunteered because of a lie. This is Jason Bourne. I need to talk. 32 kills. People are safer because of what you did. Uh, so, anyways, the biggest spoiler is is that punch is cut differently. Yeah, it's just it's just a cross shot. Yeah, uh, so what it's the not, fuck? It's not that the scene's not in the movie, but it is like, but <laughs> loses the, the the visceral. It's a crotch shot. No, it's a cross <laughs> shot. It's, okay. it's from it's the same moment, but shot from behind him instead of him coming. It loses towards like you. the impact. It's not of as it. cool. It's just not as cool. And, and, I, and you know what's funny is that happened at the beginning of the movie. It took me fucking out of the movie. It totally did. I think I literally said before we like either on this podcast or just in conversation before like, you know, you know, hey, as long as as Dat Punch and Extreme Ways by Moby are in this movie, I'll like the movie. And then that didn't happen. And genuinely, right after that, I was like, shit, they're going to change the end titles, too. Yep. Which, luckily, they didn't. Still got Extreme Ways in it. But still. But, like, I, I still... I, it took me out of the movie for a second. Yeah. 
I guess because I was so excited to see that punch. Yeah. Um, now it's just a uh, meh. Yeah. So okay. So basically, it it starts off and um, Jason Bourne is hanging around just outside of like Greece, and he's he's like in running around and making his money in fight clubs. Uh, because he's all completely off the grid, and the only thing he can make his money on is is his ability to beat people up. Uh, and then Nikki Nikki comes back, and she's stolen information from from the CIA, and she's like, "You need to know about this stuff." And it drags him back in, even though he what? just he just wants to be on the outside. But the the payoff is really cool in that, though. Oh to, oh yeah, no that sequence, the motorcycle chase thing is yeah. a great sequence. Yeah. Uh, um, and even the the story through is I think really cool. Yes. Uh, when it's paid off at the very end. Uh, yeah, I I wish they didn't reveal that that assassin really getting into spoils here, right? Seriously into spoilers. Uh, I wish they didn't reveal that that assassin is the same assassin that that. Yeah. Right. But see, I, I'm going more with the Alicia Vikander uh, storyline. Yes. I think's great. Uh, I think that the story is great in theory. I just don't think they quite do it. Like, if that were the main story, mm. I would love it. Yeah. Um, but I, it's got, like, this tacked-on Facebook subplot. That yeah. Did Also, do you think how, like, Tommy Lee Jones looks bad in this movie? He does look bad. I think he intentionally looks Okay, because it looks like I don't he think aged, that, like, 20 years. Yeah, I don't think that he is, like, you know, about to die. I think that they, they intentionally have him sort of do up his... You know, haggard look. Yeah, well, because she even has that line at the end where she talks about like, you know, he's this very old guard. Like that—that's a part of his character. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Maybe he looks bad. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, so Jason is pulled back in after uh, spoilers, uh, even more so after Nikki's murdered. Yeah, and so he's on a mission to see, find he... out why his dad volunteered him for Treadstone. Yeah. Uh, because it's a, pl- a subplot that, yeah. that, that they tell you is, well, his dad was just an analyst. Oh, no, wait. He was the one who was recruiting everybody. And why was his dad recruiting him to be in the program? Right. And it kind of uh, goes in different ways. And it, 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 it ends up being a story about how, like, the, his argument is that he, he signed up based on some things that he believed yeah. were true about about his dad and about, you know, what he was told. And, and then to me, some of that stuff isn't true. That was the only part that didn't really work for me because I knew really? where, where they're going with it, where his dad was set up. And, I, and so that yeah. part didn't work for me. Maybe, maybe that bugs me more than the, yeah. yeah okay. Maybe I, that's the part. I like, felt like it. And, uh, I think you could do it. I think the reveal, especially like that yeah. moment where he remembers and he like suddenly sees yeah. the assassin in the van. I'm like, really? Like this is, yeah. you know, like some, it just doesn't come together quite as well. But I do like, uh, I, th- I love that, what I think they, the Bourne movies do really well is every time you think Jason Bourne's been set up, he's thought ahead. Uh, yes. The part where he calls the dude in London to... Uh, to go out to, to the... To yeah. like, get information from him. He already knows that he's going to be set up. Right. So he, uh, he, you know, he kind of pulls it off. And I do like, too, that he... A lot of times with these characters, you know, he has the dude in London and uh, he tells them, you know, what do you know? And uh, if because he's a hero of the film, a lot of times they're not going to make the choice to hurt that person or do something. But Bourne doesn't care; just shoots the guy. He just shoots him. Uh, <laughs> so I, I like that part. Yeah. Uh, I think Amy Lee was Alicia Vikander's character's name. I think Heather, she's really Heather, good. Heatherly, yeah. Heatherly. I I love that woman. So yeah. I. Uh, and she, it was interesting when 
she does that role really well for the she way that does. it's written, where like you really think, you know, yes, they reveal earlier on, like, yeah, she's she's motivated in some parts by by wanting to get more power and move up in 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 the CIA. Yeah, but I think it's handled really well, where you think she's you know a good person, and she yes. realizes that the director, played by Tommy Lee Jones, is you know setting her up. Yeah, and so she starts helping Born. And as the film plays on, she's still helping him and helping him. And uh, I don't know what part I caught on to what she was doing. I want to say it was uh, the part where the dude, like, Dreamscape or whatever the name of... Deep Dream, the shittiest name for a social platform ever. Well, too, uh, that part part of the story didn't work for me. Uh, I think the idea is there where the government wants to use basically Mark Zuckerberg to... Style character, yeah, but it it also straight says that like the CIA funded his startup, and I was like, wait, yeah, no, they didn't. Like that's not how that works. Yeah, so that um, part didn't work for me. I mean, the uh, yeah, the payoff also didn't work. Yeah, um, it's it's fascinating to me that I mean, genuinely, right? Like, Born Ultimatum, they were filming before they had the script. Oh yeah, right. Like that movie shouldn't work at all. Um, and yet, when I compare this to either Supremacy or Ultimatum, which both have those same problems, where it's just, like, kind of hodgepodge together and it's kind of hard to follow sometimes, mm-hmm. um, like, this is very, you know, like, you understand the, the players and you understand the plot and where you're going, and for some reason, it feels worse yeah. because so much of it is kind of corny and, mm-hmm. and forced and, and I think it ripped loses, from the headlines in a lame yeah, way. I think it loses some of the intrigue by having... A plot where you expect it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you expect, oh, the CEO of Facebook is, you know, working with the government to spy on people. And you well, just because in this one, there's like there's moving plot parts to the plot, and in the yeah. past ones, there couldn't be a lot of moving yeah. parts because they couldn't put a script together, right? Yeah, it's so just like, hey, why are they in the city, and why is this guy chasing them? So it loses them? a lot of the intrigue. Yes, where it got me back is where you find out that Heather Lee is actually using Jason Bourne yeah. to get him back into the uh, CIA. Yeah. Because she has that one scene at the end where she's inside the car with the other guy from the CIA, and you realize that she's like really smart and manipulative, and she has really big ambitions, and she's right. using Jason Bourne as a... I guess she's using him as a platform to get what she wants. Right. And... And it, it sort of it posits this idea that like that that the system basically creates the kind of people that Jason Bourne's been fighting this mm-hmm. all these movies, right? Uh, which is cool. Um, it just I mean that's literally the last scene of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's not actually the villain of the movie. Tommy Lee Jones is the whole time, um, and it it definitely if not for that scene, I probably would have walked away even more sour on this movie. Me too. Um, just because that showed some real like forethought and and uh especially because so much of that character's sequences are written so well in that context yeah no i agree Um, uh you know so i thought the movie was fun i had the motorcycle chase i really liked in greece yes uh the vegas one i do but that 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 swat car clearly had a plow on the front and shoved all the cars Mm -hmm. up into the air that was so cool i love i love that one just for the scene where he he drives the car and lands it on the front of the SWAT yeah. truck, and, and then it slams into that marquee. Oh, like that was so cool. When he finally got the asset underground, it was yes. finally this fight I was waiting for, yeah. where it's just like, 
a Jason Bourne fight where it's bare knuckles, it's dirty. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's stabbing each other, then choking them out. I, I thought it was really badass. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say, like, this one to me, I walk away with fewer... Fewer, like, wow moments. Right, like, there's mm-hmm. not... This, there isn't a book fight. There's not a pen fight. And there's like, not a scene where he's jumping from one building through a window. Oh, yeah. You know it, what I mean? It is, yeah, it's, it's genuinely not as cool. Uh, and maybe because that punch isn't in it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if you started it off and you had more of that punch scenes, uh, and you had that shot specifically, and it, it played really well in the movie, oh, man. Like, yeah, no, I agree. And I think... Because, yeah, it didn't have, like... The signature fight, I think, took so long to get to was the, yes. one, the last thing, action thing in the movie. Right. I think it... But, I mean, I still think it's a cool movie. I don't think it's, like, horrible. I, like no. I said at the beginning, you should see it if you're a, foreign, a it, fan of the Bourne movies. Well, and specifically the Paul Greengrass ones, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is one of his... Because when I go back to it, like, I, I ended up yesterday rewatching Bourne Identity. Mm-hmm. Um, as important as Bourne supremacy is to movie action i will sw- like all day long born identity Do- like doug lyman's movie is way better i think so too. um born is a real character uh i think it is detrimental to the character that he only has 25 lines even though he is a he's a badass guy yeah i like, think so too i think because he relies on other characters to carry the story yeah where you want to because he, he's obviously tra- traumatized by his life as being an undercover spy right and it's all done with not that I think Matt Damon is a great actor and he's acting fine. Yeah. But he's it's so internalized that you just wish that he would talk to somebody. Yeah, I mean the truth is Jason Bourne doesn't have much of an arc in this movie. Like they tease you like he does, like, oh maybe he will go back and oh he's gotta find out this thing about his his dad. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you go back to to how amazing the Bourne identity is and like those scenes where he's you know, he's he's sitting with, with uh Marie and he's like, ah, I don't know like this. I don't know. I don't know who I am. Like th- those scenes are so mm-hmm. good and there's so much downtime and 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 so when the action scenes happen, that's part of why they're so memorable and I cool. Agree. And I will say, even as good as the book fight is in Ultimatum, the the pen fight in the first movie oh, yeah. is so cool. And part of it is that Doug Lyman doesn't put the camera that like Doug Lyman doesn't do Paul Greengrass action scenes, right? He keeps the camera back and it's this choreographed amazing action scene where when a dude gets stabbed in the hand with a pen it's gruesome um and i i think that the, the you know the end fight here is really cool mm-hmm. um you know maybe it's just it i've seen it so much but it's that, just uh, you're um, right it's just a stylistic choice yeah where i mean paul greengrass i think shooting wise i think it, he does cool things right but at the same time it's uh, i mean one of your complaints about uh or brad star, star trek is it's you know yeah. so close it's the same style mm-hmm. i mean there's there's moments here where where his the fight scene, what was really cool about it back when Supremacy came out was that it gave you this sort of visceral mm-hmm. feeling that melee combat is just so rough and like, and that was really cool then. I'm, and maybe I've just seen too much of it now, right? Maybe maybe, maybe now I look at it and I, I, I want my action scenes to have a flow and to feel very real and to feel like, you know, I could just sit back, you know, in like a like a Russo Brothers kind of way, right? Yeah, you know, and I, people might snicker at this, but I think that's why the fight scene in Freddy versus Jason works so well is uh, the director he even says in the commentary he purposely kept the camera on him yeah and left it there so you could feel everything they were doing right and it adds a layer of it's, it makes it more visceral you feel it you know when it's really close you're like oh did he just punch him 
Yeah. When the camera spins and stuff. Right. Um, and it, only it almost makes them feel like superheroes now, where it's like they 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 feel like the Flash. It's like they're moving faster yeah. than reality. Yeah. Um, whereas when you see a really well, when you see, you know, the opening fight from from Winter Soldier, which is so good. Oh yeah. And and the Russo brothers just hold the camera way back across the ship. And you're watching these two guys just have it out. It it looks so cool, and it actually feels yeah, because it almost I mean, more you know, more brutal. I thought you were special. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I I genuinely do think it's a it's a taste thing. I, I, think I do too. When Supremacy came out, it was a huge deal. Like I remember being floored by that movie and i should go back and watch and see if if the style's just sloppier now right like if it's yeah. if there was something he was doing there that was so specific that now just doesn't work as well because it is or if it's just taste because when he shoots dialogue he really doesn't do it too often his no. camera's pretty stationary yeah. and it's his action stuff and I, I think he used to do it more like when i think back to those movies i feel like he did yeah i haven't watched him in a while cut between like different angles and stuff like that a bit more um but uh yeah i i, I think it's, it's a yeah it's a fun movie um, it's it's interesting. Like it it wasn't yeah. the it wasn't the amazing return of Jason Bourne that that maybe you would have hoped it would be. Yeah. Um, and and certainly doesn't like make me feel like oh yeah they should go make another trilogy. Um, honestly I'm I'm kind of like well yeah I mean I I I I wanted Bourne Legacy to be better. Like uh, yeah I was cool with that idea. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, it's I'll watch it again. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll buy it. I mean, yeah. I, I own Born Legacy, and I need to rewatch that now, um, just so I can figure out like what, how you feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat. I feel like I should watch it again because I would, I so disliked it when I saw it. Yeah. See, I didn't. I didn't. So I remember like I like the action scenes, um, and I like some of the plot. I, I hated that he was like suddenly a genetically modified spy or whatever. Like that, I didn't like. Um, the biggest problem with that movie for me is that it just ends, right? Yep. Like, me, I remember yep. sitting in the theater and just being like, what What are you doing? Yep. How, you're rolling the credits to get them out of the way, right? Like, why? <laughs> what is happening here? Um, like, that, that's the reason why it's probably the worst one is just because it's so incomplete yep. uh, and did so well, so poorly that they weren't going to make another one. Um, honestly, I, I feel like they should have gotten... Uh, Tony Gilroy to come back and write this one and then just let Paul Greengrass direct it mm-hmm. uh, because they probably would have wound up with something better because his ability to pull pull off what he did with, with I think three I think he was on three I think, I'm pretty sure he was on two I think he was on three too uh, as a writer mm-hmm. um, the fact that he was able to put together a script that was like okay you've got these action scenes in random places I'll I'll put you a story together that gets <laughs> how we get there yeah like I don't, I don't know at some point he's got to be running across yeah, a roof it's got to be a tough assignment go, go film like Julia Stiles running down some alleys and I'll, I'll make it work don't worry <laughs> um, that that's so impressive and, and similarly I think there's some cool stuff in, in Legacy uh, this one is just genuinely like there's there's some dumb spy moments in this movie like Oh, there's a phone in the room. I can hack and delete all the files. I wanted to throw something at the screen. I was so mad at that moment because I was like, why are you talking down to me? Yeah. If you're going to have characters say things like, we'll use SQL to break their database, don't even put the, 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 uh, like the, the translation there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just have them speaking in Greek. Like, I don't need to know that you can write the most stupid computer dialogue you can think of. <laughs> Use the database language to do database work. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, um, I agree. I, I, I'd say about 70% of the movie really works for me. Yeah, 
fifteen percent I'm on board with, and then the other fifteen percent I could take or leave it. Yeah, it's it, it it's at its worst, it's in the way. At its best, you it's just there. Yeah, you know, um, and that's you know, whatever. It's, yep, it's fine. Uh, so next week is is it make or break for the DC Entertainment Universe? Well, no, because we have two uh. more movies coming out. No, yeah. If if this God. is if this doesn't work and then Wonder Woman doesn't work, it's break. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll straight say, if not for this podcast, if I were a regular moviegoer, if this movie didn't work, I, I don't even know if I would go to Wonder Woman. Yeah, I I think this movie will though. Everything I've heard about it and what yeah. I've seen, I think should be. And I, the director is really great. I I keep saying they prove it because that's what everyone was saying about Batman vs Superman, and then the studio fucked up that that theatrical release like uh until i see the movie i i don't i won't believe anything i hear um, so I, I, I hopefully it will yeah um, I, I, I mean it's it's tracking really well so obviously um they'll make money on it oh yeah oh yeah i mean it's already set to like break pre- premiere records and shit like that but which is good and i you know it's basically i it, when i look at it it's dc's guardians of the galaxy where yeah. uh besides harley and batman and the joker you're taking people like, I mean, Killer Croc. I mean, we all know who he is. Yeah. But okay. I'm down. Has anybody else noticed that there's totally a shot where uh, Katana cuts Killer Croc's head in half in the trailer? No, I think those are the things that the Enchantress puts out. Cause, oh. Cause they're like Harley, demons or something. Yeah, because Harley has a scene, too, where she's like shooting them and their like, heads blowing up. Okay. Right? Yeah. That might make... Okay. Because there's just this weird shot. It's a very quick thing, and it's like this scaly-looking thing that, that get you know has a knife go through it and it's in every trailer and i keep thinking like do they are is that what they're showing us because that would be terrible because i think in the in the assault on arkham thing the it's not it's not killer croc it's shark tooth or whatever king shark uh <laughs> yeah like he ends up turning bad or something like that and they i, I think so yeah i don't know um so i think that's why it's just on my in my mind is like oh you know because I, I just want them to make a live-action Assault on Arkham. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Because <laughs> right. they even have the helicopter crash and stuff. I'm like, yeah. Oh, they uh-huh. basically took that story in. Yeah. That's cool. If she, if she has sex with Will Smith, like, uh, again, um, that would just be weird. If, if they just reshoot the sex scene from Focus, but they're both wearing, like, DC costumes, it's going to be a really, that's going to be bizarre. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So until next week. Bye. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.